and welcome to another episode of the Gentleman's Brotherhood. I'm your host, Juan Sepulveda. And today I have a very interesting guest who has cracked the code to something that many men out there need help with. Imagine you being interested in finding something out, but you're afraid of asking about it. Or think about a moment where you saw someone who you really liked and perhaps you were crippled by the, the fear of being rejected. My guest today is Matt Lewis, and he has come up with a challenge that was inspired by some reading that he did called a rejection challenge. He actually began a journey of 100 days of putting himself in a precarious situation in which he would ask for something or he would ask for access to something with the possibility of being rejected. This is called rejection therapy, and it's a way for you to expose yourself into moments of possible rejection, thereby creating some sort of tolerance against it. Uh, Matt, thank you so very much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Thank you. I really wanted to, to first of all, thank you for your service. Uh, Matt, what branch of the military are you uh, a member of? I'm in the United States Navy. Thank you so much for your, for your service. I, I greatly appreciate it. And I presume that some of the, the courage that you derive in, in, in making some of these approaches to people could be credited to some of your training or exposure in, in the military. Would that be a, a good assumption or, or is it coming from a completely different place? Uh, I would say that not necessarily uh, getting over the fear of rejection is something that I have a lot of experience through the Navy, but I will say a lot of my other kind of mindset and ways I go about life are derived from my experiences through that. That's awesome. And your life experience, I was surprised to, to find out that you are in the ripe age of 22. I am. You are, you are incredibly ahead of the game when it comes to, uh, to being involved out in the world and, and making making a, a big difference. When, when I found out about what you're doing, I was just scr scrolling through TikTok and I came across one of the earlier, one of the earlier challenges that you had done. And I remember thinking, wow, this is brilliant. He's actually going to put himself in a position to ask someone. And uh, for those who might not have seen it yet, uh, if you if you have TikTok, his account username is at Matt G. Lewis, right? And he began this in July. And how many how many followers would you say you had in, in this platform around that time? Yeah, so before I started this rejection series, I had probably 30 followers. They were just some of my friends from home, and we just send each other videos, and that's primarily what I used TikTok for. I was never the creator type or putting myself out there till the rejection series. And is it fair to say that as soon as you started doing the that series, that you started seeing the numbers roll up? Um, I wouldn't say they really rolled up until after maybe two or three weeks. The first couple of weeks, I would get four or 500 views on a video. And I remember the first couple of nights I'd be checking, I'd be like, wow, hundred people watch my video. Wow. 500 people watch my video. And just to see that grow over the past two months or so is crazy. Cause now I think my, one of my top videos has hit over a million views, which almost 
uncomprehensible to me. Wow. That's amazing. That's amazing. And when it, when you, when you thought about the challenge, uh, how, how did the idea come about? Like, what was that first moment where you, you thought, you know what, it would be good for me to put myself in front of this freight train train of, uh, of rejection. How did that begin? Yeah, I wish I could take credit for the idea of the challenge, but I was deep in the YouTube rabbit hole one time and I was just clicking through related videos and I saw a TED talk by a guy named Xia Jing and he talked about his fear of rejection and how he overcame it by doing this 100 day series and he had a blog about it. He did it back in like 2012. So I watched some of his videos, I read through his blog, I, something about it just really resonated with me and I thought that is a great idea. Why don't I start that? And I pretty much almost the night I found out about it, decided I'm going to do this. And to kind of keep myself accountable, I said, if I put it on the internet, if I have some friends or some people see me do this every day, then it'll kind of force me to keep doing it every day and not just kind of back out to myself because I was the only one that knew about it. Perfect. You know, that's a that's one of those lessons that I I, I kind of gleaned from what you were doing. And I thought, oh, wow, I there's great power in this, being able to it's not that you said, oh, I'm going to do this. It's like, no, listen up. All of you people that are around me, I'm about to do this. <laughs> and did you get, uh, in those initial uh, days, did you get people commenting and, and reaching out to you, telling you, oh my God, you got to keep on doing this? Or what kind of feedback did you receive from them? Yeah, I received pretty positive feedback from the beginning. Even when there were just a few people watching, they were like, hey man, I love this series. You should definitely keep it up. And there's been people that have been watching since the very beginning and they keep commenting on my videos saying they're enjoying them. So nice. Going to keep going to hundred days. That's crazy. And right now you're about to hit how many followers? I think I just crossed 94,000. Oh my goodness gracious. That is amazing. That is great. And of course, TikTok for, there's a lot of people in TikTok right now. Last I checked, I want to say it was a hundred million people or something like that. Uh, and I could be completely wrong. The, the number was just mind blowing to me, but I remember the platform having a stigma early on as, well, this is just for teenagers dancing or doing pranks or what have you. And as the platform continues to evolve and I continue to see more and more people join it, I see that there's a variety of content there's inspirational content, there's uh, spiritual, there's relationship guidance, uh, finance, all kinds of things. And there seems to be a very interesting blend in what you're doing, because yes, it is entertaining, but it is one of the most um, effective tools for teaching. Whenever you conceal the uh, education within the entertainment. Uh, would you say that that was intentional or is that somewhat a byproduct of, of just taking action? Um, on, I think to an extent, I think it's a byproduct. So, um, again, this mainly, I started it as kind of like a personal thing where I was just trying to do something to grow myself. And I was just using this as a method of accountability, but I think as you, gain more people that are interested in what this is. Uh, it's got almost an inherent value to it just by observing what's going on. There are definitely things that everyone can take away from watching. So, you know, I want to share with you where 
my my point of view when I came across it. As I come across things that I'm interested in or that inspire me in in any platform, in TikTok, even in film and music and in anything, because I'm so involved in the gentleman's brotherhood and trying to share content that is helping men become better in in life. I, I try to look at things through that lens as I consume media. And when I came across your challenge, um, I remember thinking, wow, I know, I personally know people that are crippled by the fear of rejection in relationships, in, in their businesses. They're afraid of either asking for help or asking, how do I do this? Or, or like I mentioned in the example in the opening, if there's someone they're interested in, that fear of being rejected is, is so overwhelming that people choose to rather not act, not do something, instead of putting themselves in a position where they could be hurt by the rejection. Would you say that from a personal uh, experience, have you ever felt uh, that kind of restriction in your progress or that kind of hesitance uh, to, to avoid being rejected on things? Yeah, I, I mean, I inherently don't like being told no for things. And I think it's less of being rejected itself that I personally had like kind of a negative feeling toward. And it's more of like asking someone for something. And then if I'm told no, it's not that I was upset that I was told no, but I felt like I was maybe inconveniencing someone through a request or I was being mm. a burden on them. So then by getting told no, I felt, okay, so I did kind of inconvenience them in some way. And that for some reason with me was more of kind of my issue with rejection, not so much just that I was upset with being told no, but okay. something that I think is really interesting about this challenge is I think a big reason why rejection is a big deal to a lot of people is because the things that we're asking for seem like a very big deal, which is valid. Mm. Like most things we do in day-to-day -day life where we're afraid of being rejected is because there's some consequence or there's some personal emotional thing at stake. Um, and what's great about this activity is that you are forcing yourselves into situations that you do not have an attachment to. So mm. for example, if I, go up to someone on the street and ask them to tie my shoe or something, which was one of the days I did. <laughs> I, I really didn't care whether the answer was yes or no. In fact, that day I kind of wish the answer was no, because it was a little strange when someone tied my shoe. But, um, <laughs> I haven't you seen that one. <laughs> if you detach the emotion and the importance of your request, it, mm -hmm. it kind of builds into your mind the habit of desensitizing the nose. So for example, with, with relationships, if you're going to walk up to someone and then you have the emotional tie with being rejected that you're not good enough or something like that, this activity by being told no repeatedly and something your mind doesn't associate with as important or emotionally connected to you, that still builds up your resilience to rejection. So that way, when you do get into mm. situations that you care about or that matter, it shouldn't be as big of a deal. You should be programmed to have been resilient to that rejection by that point through this activity. That's awesome. Desensitizing your own emotional response. It's, it's, it's a brilliant byproduct of, of this. I, I love it. Uh, you're, you're fortunate that you haven't perhaps had that situation where, where you, the fear of rejection stems from 
uh, an insecurity. Uh, but, you know, of course, I know there's a lot of men out there that they will associate the rejection to their, in their value. They'll feel, oh, I'm not good enough or I didn't ask properly. And they'll, they'll carry the entire burden of the rejection. And you could imagine the, the toll this would take on an individual if anytime they expose themselves to a rejection, which is, it's part of life, it's, uh, it's part of almost every aspect of life, then it, the opposite would be true. Instead of building a uh, resiliency or, or building some sort of dis, uh, becoming desensitized to, to the rejection, it, it goes the opposite way. They actually become more insecure, become more uh, contrived in, in, in their actions. So I, I do love seeing the, all those different aspects. I'll have to commend you and whomever had your uh, your rearing in, in in charge for instilling in you the that that kind of courtesy. You had you have that sensibility to be courteous to other people. You're concerned about inconveniencing them, or you're concerned about uh, being a burden to them. So that is, uh, I I applaud. That's a, I think that's a that's a great approach, and you'll come super handy. <laughs> for you and the rest of your life. Um, but I, I like that you are, even despite having that as a, as a precautionary method of socializing with people, you've here with this challenge, you've uncovered, okay, this is, this may not be as much of an inconvenience on the individual if I asked. I particularly loved uh, one of the examples, and, and for the listeners and the people watching this, if you haven't seen this challenge, you have to go to TikTok. Even if you don't have an account, you can just go to TikTok.com and search for uh, Matt G. Lewis. Because right now you're at what, 60? 61? Yeah, today was the 61st day. 61st. Um, there they're varied. There's a, a ton of different uh, scenarios, but the one that I, that comes to mind that I, that is the one I think that motivated me to reach out to you was the one in which you asked if you could get into the golf ball collecting cart. I thought, Oh man, I was personally invested in that one as, as I was watching because I wanted to see the process. I wanted to see you in it. Right. And the man's initial response was one of, you almost got rejected on that one. Yeah. And, and I was like, oh, man, I wanted to see it. Like, I want to see how is the process. I wanted to, I, I became as curious as perhaps you had been. And what I noticed is that you stayed in contact with the individual. You kept on speaking. You kept on asking questions. You weren't insisting. You weren't pressing him. But something happened where either he became more connected to you or he became more, I, I don't know, I, I'm finding, finding it difficult to explain it, but it, it was almost as he became more familiar with you and then he found a way around it. He found a way to actually allow you to do that, which for me, it was, man, what a great lesson here. It in the context of, of, of a business, for example, if you were to reach out to a partner, someone you want to partner with or, or a supplier, you want to ask them for a, a specific thing for your business, 
having that initial contact may not be enough for your desire to actually materialize. Perhaps getting that initial contact and perhaps staying in contact or getting or giving them the opportunity to get to know you a little bit better may open up the or grease the wheels, so to speak, in order for you to be able to get what you want, right? Yeah, completely. That's 100% true. So uh, something that I've definitely learned through this is people's initial reaction is probably once one from a, like a defensive standpoint. So it makes sense that if a random person approaches you and asks something that's kind of out of the ordinary, your initial reaction is probably going to say no, just because that's the safest route. There's no risk. Yeah. Um, but by continuing the conversation, taking an interest in the other person, because people do like to talk about themselves and mm -hmm. showing that interest, actually being interested in what they're talking about, um, it kind of, one, lets them know that you are personable. It lets them open up to you. And then by them finding out a little bit about you, like, for example, with the golf, the ball picker riding in that, um, I found out by asking, oh, like, why am I that not be allowed. He went on to explain that he had like a teenager working for him. He got his friend on there. They were riding on it. They were hanging outside of it. They broke it. And that was like a big deal to replace. So through the conversation, I demonstrated that I'm not like a crazy teenager. I wasn't trying to break anything. I wasn't trying to cause any trouble. I just thought it'd be cool to ride in. So through those conversations, one, them talking about themselves and taking an interest in that um, kind of lets them open up a little bit. And then Conversely, through that conversation, when you talk a little bit about yourself, it, it allows them to relate to you. It shows you who you really are. And then it shows you that you're someone who can be trusted and you're not just trying to do something crazy and get them in trouble. <laughs> they, they know you're not trying to drive off the lot with the golf collecting <laughs> golf right. ball collecting truck. That's funny. Um, I did see, um, I, of course, I don't want to spoil them for, for the people listening. I want them to actually go and check it out. Uh, but one thing that I was curious about was how quickly did you shift gears? Because here's my assumption. When you started, I assume that you thought, okay, how is, how does this look? How am I going to do this? How am I going to open up? How am I, how am I going to start talking to them? And you, you I presume that at first, this whole idea was a little bit more ethereal than it is now. I want to know how soon after those initial videos did you already nestle into a very comfortable process in which you now approached, asked, you know, give us a little insight into that, please. Yeah, that probably took me about a week to a week and a half. So the first day I did this, I'm going to be honest, I was terrified was kind of shaken. I was walking up. I had no idea what to say. Um, the story of the first rejection in the series. Um, so I was in Annapolis, Maryland, walking down through the, the alley where they have boats that are docked. And uh, back in college, me and some friends would always walk through downtown and we'd see the boats and we'd be like, oh, we should ask these people to go on their boats and talk to them and hang out. And then we'd laugh and then walk by and we'd never do that. So I thought, what better way to kick off this series than to actually ask someone if we can, if I can go on and look at their boat. Nice. So I walked, I walked through the harbor. Um, I passed a boat. I passed another boat. Before I knew it, I passed every single boat because in my mind, I didn't commit to just jumping in and asking. So finally, on pass two, I said, all right, this is it. I'm just going to walk up and ask. I said, hi, um, 
can I get a tour of your boat? They were looked like they had no idea what I was talking about. They're like, what? I was like, yeah, I've lived here for a while. I've seen them. I've never been on one. And then they were like, sure, come on. Wow. So that first, that first interaction, I didn't know what I was saying. I didn't really have any experience walking up to that. And I was terrified. And after about a week or so, I kind of got a framework for how I did it. I kind of walk up, say, excuse me, do you have a second? Or, hey, I have a quick question. Kind of like let them know what my intention is. I have a question for them. And I say, like, would I be able to do this? Is it possible if I could do this? Is there any way I could do this? And then whether they say yes or no, uh, if they say yes, great, I get to try something new. If they say no, then I either say okay, or I might say, oh, is there a reason why you wouldn't allow that to happen? And then sometimes I'll just ask them, like if I'm at someone's place of work and they say no, I'm like, all right, well, how long have you been working here? Do you like it? That sort of thing. And even if it's a yes or no, I still have engaged in a human interaction. And now I'm if you're in that moment sharing it with someone else, then you might as well make the most of it, get to know them, and then leave that person's day better than they found it. So whether or not you did what you asked for or not, that person at the end of the day can say, oh, someone asked me how my day was, how I like my job. And I think that's also one of the big things about this challenge is not so much about me, but hopefully I'm making other people's days with these crazy requests because they'll have something to talk about at the end of the day with their friends. <laughs> That's awesome. No, and I, I can definitely see how it's not just impacting the person that you contact and ask, but I've been talking about your your videos. I've been talking to my friends. I've been talking to my wife. And I'm sure like that has something to do with the exponential growth you've you've seen. This is something that people connect with. This is something that people it, it piques people people's curiosity. And I am certain that there's a number of people that just see them and think, oh my God, that's crazy. That's funny. And then they move on. But there have to be a number of people like me who see a little bit more in it and they start asking questions. Like instantly I started thinking, like, how is he open? Because I've, I've been to Vegas. Have you been to Vegas? I've not been to Vegas. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll, let me let me tell you something that happens in Vegas. There are people outside trying to promote their clubs, their uh, their places of business, and you have dozens of people. I don't know if it's still happening because of the pandemic and all that kind of stuff, but they'll be handing out little leaflets, right? It's a numbers game. Like these people get rejected constantly. They're constantly trying to. Oh, here you go. Oh, doing something tonight? What you got plans for later? And they're handing out these little flyers. But if you stand and you look at them, people in that setting, of course, they'll, they'll ignore many, them many of the times. But if you go to a more normal place and the more normal traffic and you try to stop someone, you, I would suspect that you don't get that uh, instant rejection. It, as you travel, have you noticed any in, in that spectrum of completely defensive, don't talk to me uh, kind of vibe to a super friendly, welcoming, yeah, how can I help you kind of attitude? Like, have you noticed any difference depending on the places that you've gone? Oh, well, I definitely think um, approaching people in the street is a much quicker way to be told no than to say go to a place of business or something just because of the inherent dynamic between like, someone working at a store can't really mm. like walk away from you. So they have to be more <laughs> like, tactful in how they reject me and tell me to leave. But uh, 
there have been definitely times on the street where, for example, I'll ask someone to play rock, paper, scissors, and they're just like, nope, don't have time. They just keep yelling. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if I've noticed a significant difference in location to location because so far I've done this challenge through Maryland, D.C., um, Virginia, Louisiana, Florida, North Carolina, and I've met great people in all these places. So nice. from the south to kind of the middle of the United States, there have been friendly people everywhere. I haven't noticed that there's particularly a place I've been where people are more standoffish or rude. I think it just depends on the person and what they're going through that day, how they'll react to a random person coming up to them. That, that's a great answer. But but you have seen that difference between the place of business compared to as just some person crossing the street. You've seen that yeah. they're, you're more likely to be rejected. Um, that's very interesting. Uh, I just took a, a, a road trip with my family. We We drove from our home here in Kissimmee all the way to California and, and back. It took us a, a month to, to do this. And one thing that I was very pleased with was how many personal interactions we had with absolute strangers that made our day that were highlights of our, of our trip. People that we may never see again, people that um, may not remember us, you know, in, in a year, but that moment of of, a, of that human connection, it really made a difference for us. And I was very pleased to see that the great majority of people are kind. The majority of people are are welcoming and are courteous in 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 all of that. It's just uh, it, it felt as a minority of of people who actually were abrasive or dismissive or, or anything like that. Completely agree. As gentlemen, we hold ourselves to a higher standard. That's why at Brothers and Bonsco, we work directly with craftsmen and designers around the globe to bring you expertly curated accessories that complement any fraternal lifestyle. From the casual weekender to the formal Freemason, Brothers and Bonsco offers products that suit your weekends by the lake or your nights out at the lodge, while providing a personalized experience to each of our customers. That's what makes us uniquely Brothers and Bonsco. Find us on Instagram or at brothersandbonds.com. So I'm glad that you're doing that you're doing this and especially that you're doing it in, in various places uh, i hopefully people pick up on that that uh, in in, a, in essence we're more alike than than we're not everybody wants to ride on the golf cart everybody wants to see the the automatic pin machine for from the from the bowling alley when i when i saw him like ah oh, look at that i need to ask i want to see that <laughs> so matt um Give me, if you can, a little insight into one of the most negative responses that perhaps you have encountered. Because, of course, they're, the majority are, are good, and we're, you know, I'm, I'm sure you're thankful for that. But what is there any moment that stands out as being particularly negative or, or unwelcoming? Yeah, so one does come to mind, and it's actually funny because I didn't get it on video that day. Um, so this was the day I was going to a gym I've never been to, and I was going to ask for a 
free personal training session. And then I would offer the personal trainer like a session of my time if they wanted to talk about anything finance related or anything like that. Um, so the first gym I went to, I approached the front desk. I asked if there was like a personal trainer I could talk to. She said, oh, I'm the manager. What can I do for you? Said, I, well, I was wondering if I could get a free personal training session in exchange for an hour of my time for the personal trainer. And then she seemed like personally insulted by this, that I would even ask such a thing. And then dare you. Like, <laughs> one of her coworkers walked up and said, oh, what's going on? She said, this guy thinks he can get a free personal training session here. Oh my God. I was like, I was just wondering, I would give it an hour of my time. And then her coworker was actually much more friendly. He like took me to his office, asked me what I was looking for. If I was looking for a gym that I wanted to be a part of, he showed me around and he, he turned that interaction into a positive experience, but it would definitely was not positive off the bat. And then I don't know whether it's fortunately or unfortunately that I didn't get that on video. So I ended up going to a different gym after to to record the experience, but maybe it's for the best that that wasn't captured. That one (laughs) definitely stands out. Was it a technical reason why you didn't have video of it? Um, so at the time, so I currently video with like a, a lanyard that's got a, it's like a neck wallet kind of thing that my phone sticks out of. Mm-hmm. Super easy, centrally focused. But at this time, I didn't have that. So I tucked it in my waistband and it just turned off when I walked in. Uh, Only got like the first five seconds. Oh, man. Well, okay. Well, at least you, you remember that. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's, that's, that's awesome. Uh, and one of the things that I was uh, thinking about whenever I, I I looked at the the challenge, because it's a concept that I have seen, not the challenge itself, but the whole putting yourself in a difficult situation. Uh, it it is something that, of course, is is something very positive. But what would you say to someone who perhaps in in concept agrees with you and I that this is a good idea? Uh, what advice would you have for someone uh, for them to apply this lesson to to their life? How could they, instead of just recording interactions or going asking for some random stuff, what would be a practical application of of this uh, this kind of um, what do we call it? The rejection is not rejection therapy. Therapy. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah, the rejection yeah. therapy. So first of all, the requests that you ask do not have to be big at all. It could be as simple as like asking for a 10% discount off at Starbucks or just anything small that if you have the expectation of being told no, that's great. Because the way I look at this is this is a straight up win-win situation if you've decided to do some sort of rejection therapy. Either one, you've gone into a situation that you want to desensitize yourself to. So if you're rejected, you have succeeded in your task. If you're told yes, then you win because you got whatever you asked for. So you can't lose when you're doing this. And by building up these small things, um, you just get in the habit of not being afraid of these situations anymore, which is great. So definitely a win-win. If you're told no, you've succeeded for the day. If you're told yes, you got something you weren't even expecting. And by starting small with things that don't seem to matter at the time, that's how you can kind of distance yourself from the emotional response of being told no for something you care about. So next time I'm out for a pizza, I'm going to say, Oh, instead of making it round, could you make it into like a triangle shape with the dough? And they're like, no, we can't do that. And I'll be like, okay, well, (laughs) I didn't expect you to, but now you've told me, no, I've one, one less uh, response to being rejected from that point forward. So start small, do it often and 
you'll find yourself in a win-win and over time it definitely gets easier to ask for things you do care about i've noticed that too mm -hmm. um recently in the past couple of weeks i found myself in a situation where i'm like hmm do i ask for this and i'm like you know why not <laughs> why not the worst they can say is no and whether they say yes or no there's after the fact it has no impact on what happens going forward so it does it has made an impact on me in my everyday life as well not just having fun on the videos now that's great and it, when you say this it reminds me of my upbringing my my father is a very uh he he i, I grew up in a household where my dad was a respected businessman and he exposed me to some business interactions and he often would just drop some nuggets of of information one thing that he would say very often he would say nothing's been written of cowards it, the, the the greatest stories are always of the of the valiant people it's the courageous people the, those who overcome so he instilled in me that that belief the nothing's been written of cowards so be courageous right uh it 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 got to the point where in the gentleman's brotherhood the the two main pillars of of our teachings are courage and courtesy is having the courage to do difficult things it's okay to be able to confront challenges but not while sacrificing courtesy and i like that in in, in the example that you're that you're doing because you are using those two pillars in your approach you're being courageous by asking for things that in a normal setting you perhaps wouldn't or you may be embarrassed to ask or but you're not sacrificing courtesy you're not being disrespectful to people you are uh you're very dignified in your in your approach and i i, I commend you for that because there's plenty of guys out there who uh, are chasing after clout and they go out and do stunts on instagram and TikTok and youtube and all that but they do so at the expense of other people they may be courageous, but they're they're sacrificing courtesy in the process. They're humiliating people, and they're uh, doing things that are they're they're contributing to the whole negativity of you know we don't need any more negativity to be honest. <laughs> right. Um, I think that kind of ties into your story about the road trip with the small interactions you have with people. Like the rejection therapy is one part of it, but then the interactions with people every day that I get to talk to, even for just five or 10 minutes, that in itself is rewarding without the rejection aspect. So whether I'm told yes or no, that's one thing. But then that interaction I have with someone, like I said, hopefully it makes their day better. It definitely makes my day better to talk to more people. So at the end of it, just being nice and respectful to people, regardless of what the outcome is of the question asked, I think that's equally, if not more important than the question at all. Absolutely, absolutely. That that human connection, especially after uh, what we've gone through in in the world over the past eighteen to you know eighteen months or so, where everybody is separated physically and sometimes metaphorically, they're separated in their opinion, separated in their efforts, and uh, having that consciousness of coming together with people. Um, coming together with people and actually interacting in a positive manner, having a, a connection with a stranger. It, it, I think it's a beautiful thing. And, you know, I hope people 
are mindful of. You see, mindful is the perfect word, I think, for that. It's being having in, in the presence of having the presence of mind to purposefully create those connections. Now I'm curious to to know you've already told about one situation in which that was perhaps very negative. Is there any instance, recorded or not, that you would say had the biggest positive impact on you or the individual with whom you had an interaction? Um, one that definitely stands out in my mind that had a big impact on me was I went to a restaurant. It's one of my favorite restaurants from back home. And there's this uh, musician that plays every Friday night. And I was home visiting family and we went out to this restaurant and the musician was on a break and he was standing by the bar. I went up to him and said, Hey, can I play a song? And that night I was not nervous to ask him to play a song. I was nervous that the answer would be yes, because it's one thing for me to kind of talk one-on-one -on -one with someone, but it's another thing. I'm not a big fan. I'm getting in front of a group of people. I don't know, especially singing or doing anything like that. And he said, yes. So not only did I ask the rejection of the day, but then I ended up performing a song for the restaurant. And that definitely had a memorable impact on me to have that opportunity to do that, to uh, put myself out there and challenge myself again for the day. Um, so yeah, that, that had a big impact on me. Um, as for someone else, I'm trying to think. Um, I went up to some people one day and asked if I could tell them a joke. And I told them terrible jokes. They were corny. As, they were horrible jokes. But I think because they were so bad and it was a stranger coming up to him and telling him a joke, I think that probably brightened some people's days. Nice. Nice. I, I want to go back to your rex restaurant experience. Uh, first of all, where is where's home? I'm from outside New Orleans, Louisiana. Okay. Oh, I hope your 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 family is is okay after this storm. They're all safe. Uh, house got a little beat up, but everyone's safe and sound. Well, I'm glad to hear that they're they're safe and sound. I'm I'm I was born and raised in Puerto Rico, and then I now I live in Kissimmee, Florida. So I went from hurricane land to hurricane land. So I I can sympathize with the how unnerving it can be to to have the family exposed to such a thing. I hope the quick recovery for your properties. Uh, now, the when you say that you ask if you could perform, uh, were you playing an instrument or singing? What was what kind of performance was it? Uh, yeah, I played guitar and sang. I played oh. Bob Dylan's "Don't Think Twice, It's All Right." Nice. Which at the time I didn't think about, but that's kind of a good theme song for the whole rejection series. Don't think about it, just do it. <laughs> oh my God, that's perfect. That's perfect. Now we, you have a soundtrack now for the for the show. Hopefully, you can license that. Um, that's awesome. And would you say you were comfortable in performing uh, as it was happening, or were you still nervous through the whole thing? Uh, I was nervous to start. I was probably nervous until about halfway through when I realized that the majority of the people in there were eating and drinking and not caring about what I was doing one way or the other, which <laughs> I think applies to most aspects of life. Most people, we think people care more about what we're doing than they actually do. Um, but yeah, I kind of, I kind of relaxed a little bit as the song went on. And I think that kind of relates to my TikTok series in general as well. So on the one hand, I've been approaching people, which 
is something that I'm getting better at. And also the fact that I'm putting this on the internet for, I didn't know how many people were going to watch this. I think that was almost equally as nerve wracking because I'm not the biggest fan of being in front of a large group of people or putting myself out in front of a lot of people. So just kind of throwing my image and my videos on the internet for public criticism was another kind of hesitation that I had in the beginning that I was kind of worried about. Wow. Yeah, that, that's definitely one, uh, especially people in the comment section can be brutal uh, about anything. It doesn't matter how good it is, how positive it is. Um, if if I could offer any advice, just <laughs> don't take anything <laughs> negative to, to heart. But you, you do bring a good point that that the fact that we worry more about what other people think of us or that we give it such a high value in the scale of importance is, is an illusion. People are not so concerned about whether you're wearing the same color socks or whether your shirt was tucked in, was untucked on one side. Probably people didn't see it. And the few people that saw it, Probably didn't Don't forget by the next day. <laughs> yeah, it does not matter. I have two two young boys. <clears throat> excuse me, uh, and and I try to convey that to them. The for two reasons. One, I don't want them to be hindered from exploring the things that they enjoy. You know, you want to wear this, or you want to play this sport, or you want to listen to this kind of music. It's okay for you to like things that you like. And you don't have to justify them to anybody. If you like them, you like them. And that should be fine. So I try to con convey the importance of them not worrying whether their activities are accepted by other people. And the other thing is that I don't want them to, to be afraid that people are judging them or they're uh, criticizing them for, for any reason people often they don't they don't notice i i normally tell you know the kids of course if we're going to go out to eat yeah i want you to wear matching you know matching socks and i want you to wear something nice but if we're around the house and your shirt doesn't match your pants and your you have your old shoes who cares <laughs> just go out there and and have some fun you know, i uh, i see how I've seen in adults that carry that kind of restraint because of what other people may think, it start, starts impacting every aspect of their lives, their relationships, their businesses, their friendships, their finance, everything. It, it really impacts everything. And so, you know, hopefully for the, the gents uh, listening, worry more about you being satisfied with what you're doing, enjoying the, the, the time, listen to the music that you listen to. It, it doesn't matter. And if anybody <laughs> tells you, oh my God, you listen to that, be wary of that individual because that tends to be a telltale sign of <laughs> something you need to watch your back about. Um, Matt, I want to be respectful of your time. Uh, I do have one question that is um, related to the support that you're getting from the people next to you. Uh, the, for the, the gentlemen li listening, they may have heard me talking about the fact that no one is a prophet in their own country. There's a, that popular expression that 
you may not be getting the support that you expect or maybe that you deserve from the people surrounding you. It tends to be people from the outside that recognize the value in what you do and how you do it. I'm curious if you have felt some sort of support or if you've heard some sort of uh, cautionary advice like, oh, I don't think you should be doing this, consider the future or, you know, can you give us some insight into how that dynamic has been for you? Is that specifically relating to the series? To the series or just your involvement in, 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 on TikTok or, you know, main, mainly putting yourself out there. It, it, that's, that's the, the, the most uh, prescient thing, I think. Um, so my parents always support me no matter what I'm doing. They've pretty much, had my back for all the choices in my life they've supported and wished me the best. So I don't know if they necessarily thought that this was like a good idea or not, but when I said I was doing it, they said, okay, cool. We're going to watch your videos and we enjoy what you're doing. Um, some friends that I told this about, uh, someone told me that they watched the first couple of days and they thought that it may have been a week or so and they were amazed that I kept going with it. Um, but then the support I've gotten from, people from around the country, around the world that comment and say they enjoy what I'm doing and they want to see me keep going. That kind of, that brought it to a different level because it wasn't people that I knew that were saying like, oh yeah, that's good or that's not good. It was people that I had no idea who they were who said they were enjoying what I was doing and got mm -hmm. some sort of value out of it. So the fact that someone is enjoying or getting something or anything out of something that I've created just really means a lot. So I've kept that in mind as I've gone day to day. That's, that's, that's good to hear that external validation can go a long way into helping you set your sights on, on things that you, that you want to do things that you perhaps were doubtful of whether you were pursue or, or not. Um, here you can see your charisma, the example that you're setting through, through this challenge. I think it's going to help you not just in the reach you get on uh, on TikTok or any other platform, but uh, I think it's uh, I think it's a good primer for the the rest of your your journey. You're a very young man. You seem to be very focused on 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 what you want. So I look forward to seeing the 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 other things that you 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 get to do. And and I say that I I understand that you have some interest in in finance and part of what you you mentioned earlier that you're. You were willing to share some of your time helping um, at the gym, you know, that that trainer. Uh, I, am I right to to assume that you have plans to uh, perhaps parlay some of that attention that you've garnered in in through social media to help continue to move your your business forward? Yes, yeah, so I'm actually. Uh setting up a website right now that uh, should be completed in the next week or so. Uh, it's kind of designed to have two halves. One side is lifestyle and mindset, where I kind of talk about things like the rejection therapy series or some other things that I do, lessons I've learned through military or personal life, that sort of deal. And then on the flip side, uh, I'd like to talk about my personal finance journey, starting as a 22-year-old, kind of going through life, starting from this point. Hopefully there's some other young men and women out there who can relate to my situation. They're starting their adult lives, their careers, and they too would like to be financially set and 
10 to 20 years from now. And I think fundamentally, the sooner you start and the more fundamental principles you have now, the better you'll be later on. So I'd like to take as many people on that journey with me as possible. And yeah, that's what I have planned. That's exciting, man. I, I really look forward to seeing it. And uh, you have a home here in the Gentleman's Brotherhood. So, you know, as soon as it's ready, I'd love for you to share with with our audience. And for those listening, make sure to go to the uh, the notes section or or go to the website so that you can see the different links of where you can see more of Matt's work so that you can follow this journey with him. And if you get motivated, maybe throw in that uh, hashtag uh, rejection therapy in, in, in one of your upcoming videos uh, in homage to, to his inspiration. So Matt, I greatly appreciate your time. You're sharing your wisdom with the members of the Gentleman's Brotherhood. And I look forward to seeing you again soon. Thank you so much. I had a great time. Thank you very much. And to all of you, thank you so much again for joining me and the Gentleman's Brotherhood. I invite you, since we spoke so much about TikTok, if you don't follow me on TikTok and you have a TikTok account, make sure to find me at the Gents Bro. I try to share content that is inspiring, that is related to our journey to become a better man today. So check it out there. Go to TikTok.com and search for The Gents Bro. Thank you so much, as always, to our supporters on Patreon because they make these kinds of conversations possible. We have a lot of perks available to them, uh, behind the scenes looks, and in even including our exclusive lapel pin for the Gentleman's Brotherhood. And we have some really exciting things coming up, so you want to be a part of that. So thank you so much again for being a part of the Gentleman's Brotherhood. And until next time, I wish you courage and courtesy. Good day.